Welcome to Tag Me, a social media podcast. We'll be connecting with successful people and brands on social media to share their tips and best practices with you. My name is Audrey, and in this episode, we'll be learning social media tips from YouTuber Matt Santoro. He'll be sharing how he uses social media to lock in brand deals and monetize off of content, and most importantly, how he has remained true to himself and kept an engaged audience while switching up his content. So stay tuned. Matt's social media handles are linked for you in the episode notes. Thank you for tuning in. Now let's learn a thing or two about social media from Matt. Today on the podcast, I have the king of facts. In fact, he has 6.4 million YouTube subscribers and his most popular YouTube video has received more than 14 million views. Overall, his channel has more than 1.4 billion views. Let's welcome Matt to the Tag Me podcast. Hi, Audrey. <laughs> How does it feel to hear all that? Good. It felt, I love the fanfare. It feels fantastic. Thanks for having me. I'm a fan. I've learned so much from your channel. Thanks. You have so many followers and so many views, but for people listening who may not know you, what do you do and how did you get started? Ooh. Well, I started in 2010. Uh, May 13th, 2010 was my very first video. So uh, it's about 10 years ago. And I started uploading comedy sketches. And I did that with moderate success for a while. And then I realized one day uh, after starting to upload, switch it up, uploading, you know, list videos and things that those were getting double, triple the amount of views. And so I thought to myself, what would happen if I just exclusively did the fact top tens and things like that. And that's when everything blew up. And now, uh, geez, what do I do now? I still do YouTube, but um, I consider myself more of just a, a general creator than a YouTuber. Uh, just just overall, I would have to say um, nothing disparaging whatsoever about YouTube, but more so I identify more as just the word creator because mm -hmm. I also put my stuff on Facebook. I also put my stuff on Instagram. And we live in that world now where if, if you would ask me five, even five years ago, where's YouTube going to be in 10 years? I'd say it's never going away and it's the only platform. And I never saw all this coming. And now Facebook gives it a real run for its money and, and you can monetize on there and stuff. So creator, uh, mental health advocate, mm, spiritual person. And yeah, that. just all, all around, just good vibe creator, I guess. You are a good vibe. Thank you. All right. So let's talk about YouTube. So YouTube is a social media platform that I'm actually still learning stuff about. And I actually watched one of your videos recently and learned it started off as a dating site. Um, but for somebody like me who's still learning or maybe knows nothing about it, how would you explain YouTube and how do you use it? YouTube is is still, in my opinion, the best platform uh, to distribute content to the masses. All platforms are always changing, so it's hard to say. In terms of discoverability, nothing beats TikTok right now. Mm. You, I mean, it's it's bananas. I know people that went on there and uploaded their first video and got 100,000 views only because you know how you can use someone else's audio and then when they click the audio, you can see all the people that have done that? That's discoverability. So I know mm. someone that got 100,000 views on their first one. I know my other two friends got a million followers in a month. Wow. So right now, TikTok's the hot thing. Are you on TikTok? I am. Uh, I'm more of like a light stalker of content than I am <laughs> a creator. I don't I don't create on there. I just it's just another distraction from my main thing, which is mm -hmm. I should be putting far more effort into my main channel than I currently am. But by the time this goes up, uh, a lot of things will already have been in the works. Uh, exciting things to completely revamp my channel. And as you know, I believe in the power of words and manifestation. And so I've been saying a lot that this is going to be the best year of my career, this one. 
It is. And what's interesting is that right now, at the time of this recording, my channel is actually performing the worst that it has ever performed, both monetarily and views-wise per video. But none of that matters because... I know what's coming. I mm. I know it in my heart. I know once I make these changes, my audience is still there. And I've just been coasting on the same content for a long time. And mm -hmm. it's just time to to switch it up. And it's more importantly than the views or the money or anything like that. It's about being creative again. So that was a really long-winded way of saying YouTube is a video platform. <laughs> I love that. And because of that, now I now have so many questions for you. Mm -hmm. So one, how did you initially build your audience on YouTube or subscribers, should I say? Yeah. Um. So I... Started uploading videos, and like I said, some some of the comedy sketches and things would get moderate success, but when it really popped was um, around tw the end of 2014, I think it was, and I'm not even sure if a lot of people know this, so this might be like an exclusive for your podcast, Ooh. but um, back in the day, you used to have something that was called the feed. So it would be youtube.com slash Matthew Santoro slash feed. And you could post things much. You know what it is? It's like the new community tab, okay. except that it went out to all your subscribers. So if I posted your video in my feed, it would show up in their subscriber or front page, however it used to work a long time ago. And it would come in as if I posted that video. And so what would happen was I met uh, a friend of mine named Dylan whose channel's Household Hacker and uh, my friend Rob and my friend Scott. And we did a little cross-country uh, trip across America to go meet Dylan. And Dylan introduced me to this Facebook group that he had where everybody promoted themselves in the feed. Well, all of the people in this Facebook group, after becoming friends with them, all had two, three, four, five million subscribers back when that was it's still a significant number, but it's easier to get that number now. I would say more and more people are getting it. But back then, if you know, I had 15,000 subscribers and all these people had millions. And so all these people were posting my video every time. And we would all do that. We would all share each other's videos. And so after that happened for about a month, just the algorithm took over and it started showing people my videos. And then from there, people were like, oh, I, I kind of like this guy. And then more people started subscribing and more people started subscribing. So it's just a matter of getting, getting recognized and getting seen. That's what happened to me is I had been putting in about four years of effort, 15,000 subscribers, not, you know, not a crazy amount, but amount that I was grateful for, for sure. But at that point, it just, boom, it all came. Mm -hmm. And in one year, I think I got 3 million subscribers in one year. Wow. And most of that came in three months. I love that you mentioned the power of all these people in this group cross-promoting, because mm -hmm. I think cross-promoting is such a great way to increase your followers or just engagement and get new eyes and people from other channels onto your page. It's actually almost the only way now. So how do you cross-promote with now. other people? Or how do you even cross-promote amongst your own social channels? So the way that I cross-promote on my social channels is, you know, I'll, I actually don't, <laughs> I was about to say, well, cause this is what I, what I used to do is I tweet out the video and posted a link on my Instagram and blah, blah, blah. I don't do that anymore. Mm -hmm. Um, I think because mostly I'm not super excited about making the same top tens that I've been making for the last 10 years. Hence why I'm switching my content up because I want to start making short films or even songs or, um, you know, even in-depth fact videos or interview style videos. I've got so many ideas that I'm excited to make. And 
I'm going to start focusing on quality over quantity. And for a long time, I started focusing on more quality or more quantity over quality. And that's not to say my videos currently aren't high quality because they actually are. They all have high quality original transitions that I actually hire an animator and his team to make. So it's actually quite expensive. That's why it's a little frustrating sometimes when my videos don't do well because I'm like, I'm I'm investing like all the efforts there. I've but seen them. Those intros are so good. Thank you. All yeah. the graphics and the animations. Thank you. But but at the end of the day, it comes down to the title. And you, I'm convinced it's two things. One, I've been doing the same thing for a long time. And two, uh, YouTube does, n- does not favor old channels in the algorithm unless you're a Shane Dawson that reinvents themselves, something of that nature. So what it comes down to is how are you going to evolve? And that's the point I'm at right now. And much like growing pains and evolution, it's going to hurt. It's going to hurt a lot because you're stepping out of your comfort zone. So you talked about evolving and that meant adapting to the social platforms and changing your content. Did you resist any of that at first because you were doing so well with what you were pumping out, but it didn't align with you? Yeah, of course. I mean, there was huge resistance uh, in my mind um, in terms of comfort zone. Uh, You know, we touched a little bit on that. Your comfort zone can kill you. You know, we, we, our brains like to keep us in this little, this little box. It's like, oh, it's, it don't, don't evolve. Don't evolve. It's okay. Everything's going to be all right. But that, that comfort zone gets real small over time Mm -hmm. and it just starts to squeeze the life out of you. And that's a great little analogy that I just came up with. I can use that again, (laughs) but, uh, but you know, absolutely. And I just made the decision to pivot from top tens. Mm -hmm. I've been doing it for 10 years. So yeah, lots of resistance, but the resistance was all mental because at the end of the day, the only thing standing on our way is us. And I know Mm -hmm. it sounds trite and it sounds, you know, uh, airy fairy stuff that, you know, people like gurus say and stuff, but it's true. It's so true. I mean, and we can relate that to social because social is always evolving. It's always changing. And unless you adapt and you change to the new ways or you join the new platforms, it kind of gets left in the dust. And if something's not working anymore, like you said, you pivot. And even if it is working, but it doesn't feel good to you, you pivot because the more you create content that is authentic to you, I think the more success internally you will find and it will come outwardly. Absolutely. And if you're not happy with what you're doing, it will show. The The camera picks up everything. And if you're not 100% happy and you're not excited, it over time, maybe not initially, but over time, it will absolutely show. And so what it comes down to is just continue to do what you love, mm-hmm. but be open to change. Things are just always going to work out. You just, you really, you you have to believe that. It, it can't just be a mantra that you say or something you read in a book. You You have to believe it in your soul. And we create our own realities. And so that... And we won't go into that because uh, that'll that take that I can make a whole podcast on that. But it's been scientifically proven that we create our own reality. Absolutely, I e- believe it. Even I, if I you, believe in, yeah, yeah. It's called the observer effect. Look it up. There you go. There, we just condensed a whole podcast. But yeah, at the end of the day, just trust in yourself. So, how do you define success around social media for you in the past and for you now? Mm, uh, definitely, in the past, the way that I defined success was completely number based. It mm-hmm. was, uh, how many views per video, how much money am I making? And I also attached my self worth to those numbers, which is the most dangerous thing you can do. But, uh, I definitely don't look at that, uh, like that anymore. I consider success for me, for me, it's, it's twofold. It's creating what I want to create mm-hmm. 
So that's why I said I don't fully consider myself successful at the moment because I'm really not creating what I want to create, but that's changing. The other thing is, and this is the most important thing, is creating and doing well with the numbers and things like that, but not hurting the world. That's why we need to celebrate more and speak up, celebrate and talk about and speak up to the people that are doing positive things. Like Be- you talking about sure, mental, yeah, I'll take that. Like yeah, <laughs> advocating for mental <laughs> health, you, I yeah. love that. So I actually asked the tag mm-hmm. me audience what they wanted to know from you, and they asked oh, me these boy. questions. Are you ready? Okay. Yes. How do you monetize your content on YouTube? Talking mm-hmm. about numbers, here mm-hmm. we go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So there's a couple of ways. There's um, ad revenue. So you know when you watch a video, that little yellow bar pops up when it hits that, an ad will play. Or there's pre-roll ads where before you can watch the video, an ad will play. That's how we make money. And there's something called CPM, which is cost per thousand views. And in January, it's the lowest. December, it's the highest. So right now, YouTubers are kind of hurting, but mm. hopefully they save their money from December. <laughs> um, and yeah, so it, you know, CPM in December could be $10. Mm-hmm. In January, it could be a dollar. It's a big difference. Yeah. And for every thousand views, I'll make a dollar. Uh, alternatively, if you click the ad, I make a dollar. So that's why when clicking ads, mm-hmm. it's so beneficial for us creators. So if you want to support your f- favorite creator. Do it. Well, it, we're not allowed to say go click the ads. Yeah. But I mean, yeah, if, if you. If you're, you're not like, allowed I, to in the, you mean in the comments? It, or what uh, my understanding is we're not allowed to like start the video with like, hey, did you click the ad? Like you can't do that. So is this like YouTube best practices? I, I, I think YouTube would frown upon that. Got uh, it. Yeah, it has to be a genuine, a genuine like of the ad like oh that shaver looks interesting and i want to get that so then they click it got it um but yeah that is one way to support your favorite creator the other way that we make money is through brand deals Mm -hmm. so you know uh this candle here could be from bed can i talk about brands though it's like bed bath and beyond uh and if i really like the brand and the brand you know say i do um uh diy videos and i use a lot of candles they might find my videos and say hey uh, we would love you to use nothing but these and we'll pay you and we'll give you free product. And uh, so at the beginning of the video, I'll say this video is sponsored by Bed Bath & Beyond mm-hmm. and they'll give X number of dollars. And then if I have a manager or a st- um, um, multi-channel network, they'll take a cut of that. Got it. Are there ad best practices like in terms of when you have a brand partnership, are there certain things you should be doing in your content, like putting their name in the title or the description? No. Well, not in the title. Mm-hmm. No, that's that's not a good idea. I I've I've worked with a brand before that insisted that I put their hashtag in and the name of the company in the title of the video. Mm-hmm. And I kept telling them I can do that, but the video will bomb because mm-hmm. it's all about thumbnail and title. And so I ended up finding a uh, compromise where I put the hashtag in the description, Mm -hmm. which even that doesn't make sense because like, no, like these brands think like, okay, maybe awareness, but nobody's going to, oh, a hashtag. Well, let me click link. People are very passive on YouTube. It's okay. What's the next video? I got a lot of videos on my subscription box Mm -hmm. when they make it there. (laughs) Uh, So yeah. So uh, what it comes down to with brand deals is the brand really has to trust the creator. Mm. I can't emphasize this enough. If there's any brands out there listening, please, please, the more control you give us, the more we will knock it out of the park for you. I promise you. Mm-hmm. The more you try to get legal involved and the more you try to do this and that and say, well, what if what if you said Coca-Cola five more times? It's like, 
I can do that, but now you're compromising my vision and in my audience will feel it, yeah. you know? And so, and don't get me wrong. I understand the bigger the brand, like the bigger YouTuber you are, the bigger the brand deals and the bigger the brand deals, the more risk averse the brand is and the more legal is going to get involved. It's just, mm-hmm. it's just part of it. I've, it, it still irks me, but it's part of it and I've accepted it. Um, and so, you know, what it comes down to is do what you do, mm-hmm. take the brand's message and integrate it in a fun way that doesn't take away from the content. Got it. And so that's the answer for brands. But for creators, the biggest thing you need to know when doing a brand deal is a brand deal should not take away from the content. It should actually add to the content. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. That was a great answer. Yeah. Um, so I love that you touched on thumbnails. So the next question is what tips do you have for titles and thumbnails? If your thumbnail is not what's in the video, you can actually have your thumbnail removed from the video. And if that happens, that video is going to tank. Without a good thumbnail, you can have the best diamond of a video, but it's like putting it in a cardboard box, a plain cardboard box, and putting it on the shelf at Walmart. No one's going to want to buy that thing, no matter if, even if it says, you know, it's like putting diamond and Crayola on it. Like you want to put, it in a fancy box and you want it to be gold. And it, that's the whole idea behind a thumbnail. It tells what's inside the box. Got it. Thumbnails just made me nervous. I'm like, shoot, if I ever use YouTube, I'm going to hit you up to figure out what I need to put in my thumbnail. I'm pretty good at thumbnails. I'm not going to lie. Are you good at Photoshop? Kind of. Yeah. Okay. You should definitely dive into Photoshop and get used to it. What about titles? Titles and thumbnail. They're everything. Yeah. So titles are one thing that I've never been super great at. Mm-hmm. Um, partially because I'm unlimited to what I can say. How important is a description box? That's a good question. Um, to me, it it doesn't matter at all. Um, and I don't think it's ever really mattered very much, maybe back in the day, but mm-hmm. I, I, I can't really say too much about analytics regarding that. Um, I know that the most important stuff has to be above the fold because, mm-hmm. again, people are very passive. And only people that are truly invested in you and your content are going to drop down the fold and see everything you have to say, like follow me on all these social networks and blah, blah, blah. That's why when you do a brand deal, it always has to be above the fold because Mm -hmm. most people don't do that. Um, So as far as the description goes, ah. Wait, so in terms of tags, is that something still relevant for YouTube? That that is a question I can't answer. I've never been good at metadata. I've never cared about metadata. Uh I've never cared about optimizing. I've never cared about any of that stuff. I, I find it just like watching paint dry. It's the, <laughs> I, and, and I know it's important thing, but one thing I will say is no amount of metadata tagging special titles, nothing will ever make up for good content. You can have the best optimization, best tags, everything, but if your video is not good, it doesn't matter. Conversely, if you have a bomb video that you know is going to go viral, you could put no tags on it and it's still going to go viral. Another question that was asked, how important is posting frequency? Mm. Well, I'm sure that's changed for you now, but before yeah. when you mm-hmm. first started, was that something you really focused on? Not when I first started. No, uh, it was back in the day. None of this mattered back in the day. It was just, you just created for the sake of creating and then Google bought YouTube and then it became uh, a machine. It became yeah. a machine. It became a business. And uh, it became about ads monetizing. and how monetizing and, and then algorithms got involved. And, and now it's about creating quality and quantity. What's the best way to promote YouTube videos on Facebook and Instagram? Oh, uh, well, <clears throat> the first mistake I would say that people do 
we'll cover mistakes first, is not uploading natively to Facebook. Mm-hmm. So gone are the days when you Facebook was treated exclusively as just a distribution platform. So I've uploaded my YouTube video. And so now here's the link on Facebook and go back to YouTube. Those days are long gone um, because Facebook kills external links. So if you're going to upload anything, upload it natively, format it for Facebook and put, you know, the bars at the top and bottom mm-hmm. and the 1080p video in the middle and give a description, quick description of like, oh my God, creepiest places on earth. And then that'll be what you see. And then people will stop and watch. Um, to promote that, I, I don't really know, to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. I mean, it would have to be... You can, you can multi-platform promote, of course. So mm-hmm. if you have a YouTube video, you know, Instagram story, check out the new video, swipe up for the link. Although I'm not convinced that that really works. Mm-hmm. I, I just have a feeling maybe for larger people with larger followings on Instagram. But um, for me, it's always been like a thousand in analytics. They'll say like a thousand views came from Twitter or something mm-hmm. like that. Like it's a large reason why I just stopped doing that and just started right. giving nothing but value on social media uh-huh. because I just realized like it's, it's actually not worth it like in the grand scheme of things especially if you get like if you got like a million views on a video and a thousand like back in the day i used to get like a thousand views on like a million views now it's it's a lot of views don't get me wrong but i would rather instead of because that's an ask from Mm -hmm. your audience almost right like please check out this video what i like to do is give 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 on social media Mm -hmm. and then when something i'm really proud of comes around i'll say hey guys i'd be really grateful if you could check this out and so that's more of the way that I do it now. Yeah. Um, but Facebook, if you have if you if you have a video that you really want to promote, you can pay, mm-hmm. or you can contact uh, larger pages and pay <laughs> and get them to. Do you ever put the YouTube video link into the comment section? Of that the post? that doesn't work. It doesn't. No, Darn. Facebook's way too smart for that. It, people still do it, and it that's makes me laugh because it's like I'm like, is it working? It's like really. Do you think that they didn't think about that? Like, do you? Do you True. Yeah, don't even bother doing that. Well, I love that you mentioned give, 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 and mm-hmm. then when something does come out, you want to you talk to your audience. You're like, hey, can you support me? Because yeah. the next question is, how do you get paid to work with brands on YouTube? Um, well. There's a couple ways you can get, you can be discovered by the brand uh, and they'll reach out to you, or you can have a manager who will source the actual brand deals for you. All right. We're going to jump into some rapid fire questions. You ready? Who is someone on social media you would love to collaborate with? Ooh, Russell Brand. Who is someone you enjoy following on social media? Um, I follow all of my friends. So all of my friends are good people. I enjoy, you know, their positive stuff that they put out. But I especially like following people like Eckhart Tolle or, you know, um, any, anybody like that that tries to put more mindfulness into the world. Even actually a really good one that I just recently started following was uh, Calm. Mm. So that's the meditation app that I use every single day. I've been using it for two years. And I started following their social media and uh, it's really good. It's, it's high quality images on Instagram and it's mindful thoughts. And it, it, even on Twitter, they'll say things like stop scrolling and breathe for 10 seconds. I'm like, mm. that's, that's useful. That's really good. Oh, yeah. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. A little check in. Yeah. If someone wants to work with you, how do they get a hold of you? Well, my number's th- no, just joking. Three two three. Yeah, if if anyone wants to get a hold of me, my email is on my YouTube channel. Um, you can tweet me. 
You can DM me on Instagram. There's, there's, you know, I, I check all of that stuff, albeit not as much anymore. But uh, yeah, I mean, the traditional ways email, it's on my YouTube channel. It's on it. There's like, it says business email. You can click it. Are we wrapping? We're that rapping. was so fast. Did you have fun? Yeah. Okay, I'm kind of sad it's over. It's like a really good movie that you're like, is it over? <laughs> yeah. Thank you so much for being a guest on the Tag Me podcast. I was so excited to be here. Thank you, Audrey. If you want to follow Matt on social media, his channels are linked for you in the episode notes. Thank you for listening to this episode of Tag Me. If you enjoyed it, give us a shout out on Instagram at Tag Me Podcast. Let us know what you learned from the episode. Make sure to subscribe so you're always up to date on Tag Me episodes. If you have feedback on the podcast, guest suggestions, including topics, or you want to be a guest, visit us on Instagram at Tag Me Podcast and click the email button or slide in our DM. This podcast is for you, so please let us know how we can improve. We look forward to hearing from you and connecting with you on social. Don't forget to tag me.